welcome to Nourishing the Feminine Soul with Pamela Wasabi. Take a deep breath and open up to the possibilities of what your life has to offer. Pamela and her guests will show you how you can take charge of your life by embracing the values of the wild woman. Exhale. Learn to trust yourself again. Embrace your infinite power of intuition and love yourself crazy. Now, here's your host, Pamela Wasabi. In my low days, love is but a mere attraction that never feels quite the same. It transforms. It never stays the same. In my high days, love is but an energy that transforms me, and I'll never be the same. This is a poem from the book, Woman of the Moon, Love is Transformational, page 27. You can get this book on Amazon or my website, PamelaWasabi.com. So good morning, Miami, Seattle. We have a very special guest today, Arizona and the world. I am your host, Pamela Wasabi, and this is your show, Nourishing the Feminine Soul. This show is an invitation to understand relationships with self, with food, with others, with our environment from the archetype of the wild woman. I will offer you insights so you can apply them to live a more purposeful and radiant, vibrant life by unveiling the power of your divine feminine. You can join us every Wednesday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on voiceamerica.com health and wellness channel. You can also listen to the recording and I would love for you to do this on Spotify, iTunes, uh, Google Podcast, uh, all the podcast platforms. And if you can leave a review or give us a thumbs up or let us know how you like the show, that will be awesome. Also, please share, share, share with your friends, with your family, um, and contact us, get, get in touch with us. I am on Instagram and social media on Pamela Wasabi or at Pamela Wasabi. And if you want to learn more about my business, which is I have a vegan and gluten-free bakery, you can also do so through social media, Facebook, Instagram at Pamela Wasabi Bakery. Um, And yes, we ship nationwide. We have a bunch of delicious, nourishing and exotic baked goods. Everything's made from scratch and everything is 100% vegan and gluten-free. All right, my friends, today we have a very special show. I mean, I believe every show is special. Uh, But today we're going to be talking about understanding wholeness. It's about understanding ourselves. It's, It's about how we see or how we choose to see ourselves when we look ourselves in the mirror. It's what that reflection is that reflection is telling us, and it's what we are saying to ourselves. So we're going to be discussing wholeness. We're going to be discussing uh, food issues and eating disorders, which, in fact, I like to call them better expressions of the emotional body. And those are uh, bench eating and uh, overeating or bench eating, overeating. Is that what we said today, right? Yeah. (laughs) So it's uh, interesting to understand what food symbolizes before to start talking about food issues and eating disorders. And uh, I mean, food can mean so many things for all of us and at different, and at different aspects of our life, food has a different meaning. Even at different aspects of the day, food has a different meaning. But collectively speaking, we can all agree that food is a symbol of love. All our gatherings, our celebrations, our holidays, our festivities are always 
always involve or around food. There is Christmas dinner, there is New Year's, there is, I mean, even Halloween, there is candy or cookies or whatever it is. So food is always uh, something that is present and it's it's something that is offered uh, to express love, gratitude, kindness, is to share with our loved ones. But so happens that because we have this understanding of food unconsciously as a symbol of love, we often turn to food to fill emotional vacuums that sometimes require our attention. So we feel this almost traumatic or very hard feeling to deal with of feeling empty. And it's something that we need to put a bandaid right away, or we have this urge to just uh, associate that feeling of emptiness with whatever it is. So what happens is that our mind thinks in symbols. And so we're going to scan the room to find whatever symbol of love we see first in order to fulfill that, that feeling of emptiness that is overwhelm overwhelming us. And it's very, very difficult in our everyday lives, uh, very busy lives. We were just talking with Tara how busy our lives can be sometimes that we don't take time to, to feel those emotional callings from our soul to relax or to, or to quiet down for a bit. And sometimes those emotional callings are also saying that we need love, we need kindness, and that has to come from a place within, that has to come from ourselves, from, from within ourselves. So that is a symbol that our mind is scanning for. And since we've been, I mean, I will say program, but it's not really in a, you know, with a bad connotation. Since we have this understanding of food as a symbol of love, we're going to find food and we're going to associate that feeling of emptiness, being filled with food to feel happy, nourished, uh, loved, and relaxed. And if you think about it, that's what happens after a breakup or uh, when we're having a really bad day or when we cannot just deal with the everyday. We are going to seek to fill that boy with food. We are going to seek to overeat, to maybe bench eat sometimes, and these two symptoms are different. Maybe we can explain this difference later on on the show. But we, we turn to food to feel this... Um, emptiness because feeling that we're not enough or not lovable or that we are alone can really wreak havoc on our existential stability and it's just something that we do we humanly it's impossible to deal with on an everyday basis so uh yes so we bench or we or we overeat but the question today is, what if these food issues, eating disorders, or expressions of the emotional body, as I rather, express, or rather say those are, what if those are actually doorways to a higher calling? So today I'm sitting down with Tara Mixon, a food freedom health coach who believes that the only way we can truly heal is from the inside out. Tara from Soul Medicine, Soulful Medicine, I'm sorry, believes we are dynamic and complicated beings. And yes, we are. <laughs> We're complicated because it's so simple. Um, and our well-being arises from more than the right diet and culturally accepted body shape. 
uh, we need to shift the focus from f- the focus from food to who we are as eaters to who we are beyond the body. A uh, little bit more about Tara. She came to this work after practicing pharmacy for over a decade and having her journey with eating disorders. She understands that health and healing is a deep, complicated, very long and holistic journey. She believes we need a community to be vulnerable with, and we need to learn to love ourselves the way we innately, you can, you have to help me with that word. <laughs> innately. Innately uh, yeah. love others. Uh, she knows the only way we truly heal is from the inside out, and that is the only way we can truly heal. So Tara, how are you? Oh, hello, Pamela. I love that this is what our conversation is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it so interesting? And I also want you guys to know um, that Tara and I come from the same school. Uh, we went to the Institute of Psychology of Eating, and that's how we met. We actually met in this beautiful paradise-looking house in a field in Colorado. <laughs> it was perfect weather, cold enough to wear a sweater and a scarf, but yet, you know. Yeah, for you. <laughs> It was beautiful. And we were taking this seminar to be teachers, leaders, and uh, presenters. Presenters. And that's how we met. We, we, you know, we saw each other and we just started talking and realized we had so much in common. And so after that, I started writing my book, The Wild Women. And, you know, you also took on on your journey. And I believe you're very close to launch your own online course offering also perspective into how to heal food issues and eating disorders from the inside out, right? Yeah. (laughs) All right, Tara. So um, let's ground the conversation a a little bit. Why don't you tell me, you know, in your bio, uh, it says that you come from a pharmaceutical world. And obviously we are talking about a very different field. So why don't we understand a little bit how did that trans- trans- transition happen for you? Um, I honestly, even in pharmacy school, I could sense that there was a disconnect because the desire for me to help people, that's why I went into the medical field is I truly wanted to be of service to people to help people find health and wellness. And um, I mean, granted, when I was in college, I was in the depths of my own personal eating disorder. So because I was disconnected with that ability to find health and well-being in my own life, it's not surprising that I went into a career that was not quite in alignment because I personally was not in alignment. Um, But I knew in pharmacy school that I was not on the right path. Treating preventable disease was very clear to me um, that that's what the role of a pharmacist is. And I know I'm making this a very blanket statement that nothing's ever that black and white. But for me, just knowing that I see a patient, I receive a prescription and I give them a pill. Mm-hmm. And there's so much more bureaucracy that goes along with that. But there's nothing about that service for me that is empowering people to take care and love this home that we reside in that allows us to experience life. And that's an entire system that just, in my opinion, is broken. Um, and so I practiced for 12 years and kind of within that time, I did my own personal healing 
with my eating disorder, I started studying. So I started, I took a course at IIN, so the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. I um, became a certified yoga instructor. So I was doing a lot of personal exploration of treating preventable disease is not working for me. Mm-hmm. What are some other options? Because I didn't know different growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, because I always thought mainstream medicine is how you help people be well. Um, and then I discovered IPE, and IPE was kind of that final piece of the puzzle. Um, I, yeah, go ahead. So Institute of Psychology of Eating is IPE. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Um, to me, that was the foundation. Mm-hmm. So it was the piece of the puzzle that was missing that allowed me to because what was taught through that program was very synonymous with what I had learned on my own personal path mm-hmm. to healing. And um, it's really understanding that food is, there's no shame in what we do with food, that there's actually this really, really beautiful relationship with you, that we have with food and that food is nourishing us on some level. And it's understanding why are we using this like symbolic substitute because it allows us to look deeper into our lives to say, oh, something is missing. There is a disconnect and I'm using this thing and there's no negative association with food. Like food is glorious and beautiful and it's pleasurable. It's all these things, but our culture often associates, likes to drive the separation between the two and that food is bad and we are bad depending on what we eat. And so it becomes this really deep shame cycle. And, um, I went down a massive rabbit hole there, but (laughs) IPE very much like looks at the person as a whole. And there's this perspective of spirituality, which takes our wholeness and actually expands it even greater for us to understand that we're just not that simple. Life is not that simple. (laughs) And that to me is really powerful because it kind of gives us an opportunity to take a step back and be like, oh, okay, I can't control everything. Like, I can just kind of sit down and be like, all right. (laughs) (laughs) But it's so funny that you think that life is not simple. And there I am saying life is so simple that it's so fucking complicated. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's really to understand this wholeness that we are, you know, that is a simple statement of understanding that you are born into this world as a wholesome, beautiful person that you have absolutely everything that you need. And through life, through our environment, through our cultural uh, exposure, through our family environment, through our the thought process of our uh, guidance, you know, parents or teachers or or people that we look up to, we completely lose that ability to trust in ourselves and to understand that wholeness. So we're talking about a very simple statement about, mm-hmm. you know, into recognizing that wholeness that is you. And yet it's so easy to lose focus, to lose that understanding, to lose that you are all you need. Right? Yeah. Um, And then, you know, you are speaking about this disconnection with the pharmaceutical world. And I think disconnection is the big word here. It's the big theme that is behind or it's the big pink elephant in the room, whatever, you know, they say, (laughs) because, uh, you know, I was thinking uh, I am, you know, my 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 way of eating. I don't eat, you know, any animal products. Uh, You know, I have a plant based uh, diet or lifestyle. And uh, 
so I haven't been I haven't been exposed to these in a very long time. But I, I remember when I was growing up in Colombia, uh, my mom would take me to the butcher shop, and then we, you know, she would pick the pieces that she would want to bring home to eat. Right. So in a sense, you would see the the face of the pig or or you know the the leg of the cow or or the liver. All these really you know. Uh, organs and very <laughs> grotesque, uh, <laughs> you know, items that we put into our bodies. Uh, but yet, you know, nowadays and moving forward as our civilization is expanding and transforming, we now go and eat a piece of steak and we have no yeah. idea where that came from. Right. Right. <laughs> right. So it's like, it's like we are putting this into our bodies, but we don't know if, I mean, what part of the body of the animal we are eating, right? We don't know how long that was chopped off or brought to the fridge or frozen. We don't know where it comes from. And so this disconnection is actually what's going to wreak havoc on our existential like ability to understand who am I? <laughs> mm. I am feeding myself with all of these things and I have I have not taken the time to ask, what is this? Where does it come from? What are their benefits? Uh, what are the, you know, maybe uh, effects or consequences? And the same exact thing happens to when you go to a pharmacy and you order your prescription. You have <laughs> no fucking idea where that is coming from. You have no idea what is that doing to you. And you know, and, and that disconnection can really sidetrack yourself from the healing journey, because if you are not understanding of you are not aligned with your path of helping your body, if you're not taking the responsibility to help your body heal, there is no pill, there is no magic yeah. doctor, there is no allopathic way, there is no medicine, there's no pharmacy, there is no experiment, there's no love that it can actually put yourself back in the healing, in the healing path, no? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, that's so well said. So well said. And I think that that's part of the reason why that system is so difficult for me because there isn't room for that. There isn't room for people to understand that they have like, responsibility, like th that there is even space for them to be accountable for their actions. It's, it's not encouraged at all. It's just a very simple, here's a pill okay, you have hypertension, here's a pill, and you ask people, what are your medical conditions? Oh, I don't have any. Oh, but I see that you take medicine. Oh, yeah, but I don't, I don't have hypertension anymore because I take a pill. <laughs> so, yeah, I think responsibility, uh, understanding that, that that is a beautiful, beautiful um, opportunity for us humans is to have the capability of, um, kind of orchestrating our life like that responsibility is it's it, it comes across I think as a way of being heavy and downtrodden and like a lot to handle but responsibility to me actually has a lot of very positive momentous um, energy that like is movement instead of stagnicity and so to be able to look at responsibility as an opportunity um I don't know. That's, that to me is where it gets really exciting. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, you know, just to uh, support your statement when it comes to responsibility, responsibility is saying I matter. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Responsibility is saying 
I am appreciative of my life and I will do anything in my power to understand myself, understand this body, uh, be grateful for this opportunity and make the best of it, right? Responsibility is knowing that it's your responsibility to have a happy, healthy journey because at the end of the day, it comes to choices and we will always have choices in any path, right? when we go to eat, when we choose a doctor, and when we're dealing with our emotional traumas and symptoms. Um, and yes, of course, when we're in dark places, it's very difficult to see those options, right? Uh, in one of my episodes, I was we were talking or discussing awareness, how awareness is the first step towards healing. But it's like, how can you be aware of something that you don't know it exists? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And sometimes you find yourself in that path when you are in the darkness. So when we're speaking about food issues and eating disorders, right, there is this disconnection to understand how we heal. And our first kind of like unconscious jump to heal is looking for that pill, is looking for that, uh, or going even to willpower and say, hey, if you don't stop mm-hmm. eating, then I'm going to hurt myself because, or I'm going to punish myself, or uh, maybe I'm, I'm going to cancel my trip, or I'm going to... You know, we use punishment to try or willpower to try to amend emotional symptoms or emotional issues uh, that are manifesting through bench eating or overeating. And it's just not the right way. There is a there is a huge disconnection right there to think that an issue of the heart of the soul of your emotional body can actually be mended with a with a bandit or a pill or somebody else's perspective when it comes to you know healing with a method of punishment or yeah or willpower you know yes no you're absolutely right um so tara will you be open to share a little bit uh, with us about your journey and maybe what was that point that catalyst point where you discovered that you had to bring awareness and shift or choose to shift your perspective when it comes to dealing with uh, food issues? (laughs) (laughs) I laugh because I'm like, oh, I don't know. We also meet when we were talking before we started about how like things are never in a straight line, right? (laughs) The journey is never a straight journey. It's never like on flat paved road. It's like bushwhacking up a crazy mountainside. Um, uh, so my journey is a little bit, um, obviously a little bit unclear in a way. Um, Interesting. when I was, yeah, <laughs> I was a little, let's see, when I was in junior high is kind of where I started finding ways to manipulate food and there was nothing about it that was, that made any sense. It was just a teenager looking for a way to exert control because there's something about our, that developmental age where we are separating from our parents and we are seeing ourselves as our, an independent being. Um, and sometimes that can be scary because we can see ourselves in our parents. So we're, really, we're trying really hard to create those boundaries and to create that separation. And I also struggled with my relationship with my mother specifically. Um, and so I think that for me, having this very deeply, deeply embodied sense of wanting to be the good girl and not wanting to be the rebel and not breaking rules and just doing the right thing all the time, 
I started breaking rules when it came to food. And so that would be, instead of eating a proper lunch, eating a ding dong or something like totally horrific. Um, and then it just got to the point where I started manipulating, 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 um, got totally swept into um, the very common fat of the 90s, which was low fat, no fat. Um, and at that point I stopped menstruating, um, which I was premenopausal at the age of 18 or something. I was very unhealthy. Um, and I, I honestly think looking back on that, so much of it was just this teenage girl who wanted nothing more than to be loved and seen and accepted and permission to have, to take up space and to know that her perspective on life mattered. Um, I always kind of felt like a little bit of the black sheep of the family. I'm just different from them, which is fine. But when your family is your sense of belonging and you don't feel like you belong and you feel safe there, um, you try to emotionally cope with it. And I was coping by manipulating my food. And that was my environment. The more I manipulated food, the smaller my life got. I had less community because my world was very entrenched in eating disorder behavior. I went to college and in college, I flipped to a different type of eating disorder. So I became bulimic. So I went from really controlling and manipulating food to switching to, okay, well, I'll just eat anything and everything. And then taking that to a whole other level of self-deprecation, right? Where it's like, I'm punishing myself and then I'm punishing myself for punishing myself. I just want to share with you that I have uh, in my book, The Wild Woman Book, which is out next month, uh, there is a chapter dedicated to bulimia and anorexia from the uh, emotional level perspective, of course. And then I can, or I, the way that I define bulimia is a rebellion against the mother archetype. <laughs> well, I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But please, I, look, yeah, I look forward. I can't wait to read your book. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, you you hit the stage of uh, bulimia in college. Yeah, in college, and I, being in pharmacy school, I was in college for seven years, and so that lasted the entire time. And granted, there was ebbs and flows. I had times where it was very all-consuming of life. How I got through college is beyond me, um, because I was. I was really struggling. And um, so at some point, many, many years later, mm -hmm. I, um, I had a friend who's a friend of theirs had gone to um, a Vipassana retreat. So they, he's a recovering alcoholic. Um, and he had been going to this meditation center for years. Every year he would go and he would spend a week practicing Vipassana. And it had been... Uh, kind of a lifesaver for him personally um, when it came for his, to his addiction. And so my friend out of love and kindness had just suggested, maybe this is something that will work for you because it gotten to a point where I would tell people and people are like, I don't know how to handle this. Like, I love you, but I don't know how to fix your eating disorder. And so I would be vulnerable. I and mean, I'd ask people for help because I knew that it was consuming my life, but there's just, I was not asking the people who knew how to support me. I was just asking people. And um, so um, I think that within that window of practicing Vipassana and actually sitting with myself for hours upon hours upon days upon days, um, 
just kind of slowly started to crack open my heart. And I did a walking meditation and I just remember sobbing and there was no thought. It was just like the moving of like this sad emotion. Like I, there was just like this deeply, deeply wounded aspect of myself that was just like, yep, we're just going to feel all this that you haven't been able to feel for however many years. Right. And so I think for me, that's kind of when things started to change. And I didn't answer your question exactly about like that moment of awareness, because I don't recall that exact moment of awareness. I think that there were many. Um, Yeah, but I I think what we're pointing out is how we walk back to ourselves, how we return to our our heart to our soul and start understanding from the root, from from that very deep place, how things are looking, right? So why don't we discuss uh, more of this after our little break? And I think we're getting a bit about, we're gonna, you know, we're speaking about more, more of that spiritual uh, aspect of food issues and eating disorders, or is how, you know, this these expressions of the emotional body are are pointing into that direction, mm-hmm. into discussing spirituality and what does spirituality mean to you, me, and, you know, whoever is kind of like uh, uh, browsing that uh, library. <laughs> Let's go to a little break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Nourishment and baked goods in the same sentence? It's possible. You'll want to visit PamelaWasabi.com. Pamela Wasabi Bakery specializes in creating delicious desserts made with organic, wholesome, and exotic ingredients. Enjoy cookies, brownies, birthday cakes, and even silky cheesecakes. And the best part? Everything is vegan and gluten-free. Shop at PamelaWasabi.com. Bite into our heavenly lavender cookie with roasted pistachio. Sink your fork into a slice of passion fruit cheesecake or a piece of our decadent vanilla almond cake with rose frosting. Oh, and you must try our customer favorite, a celestial chocolate chip cookie with charcoal salt. Everything we have is delicious. We ship nationwide. And right now, you can use the code VEGAN to receive free shipping. Place your order today at PamelaWasabi.com. And remember to use the code VEGAN for free shipping. Pamela Wasabi Bakery. Eat more beauty. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with host Nancy Kerala. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. Together with her guests, we'll explore C. diff infection prevention, treatments, clinical trials, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health and Wellness. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Nourishing the Feminine Soul. To get in touch with the show today, call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to radio at PamelaWasabi.com. Now, back to Nourishing the Feminine Soul. Here's Pamela Wasabi. What's up, my friends? I'm here with Tara Mixon. We're uh, discussing food issues and eating disorders as an expression of the emotional emotional body. Uh, just now, we were talking about how this journey uh, will take us into awakening this spiritual side within us to understand a little bit more of what's going on. And actually, the direction that is taking us into is to is into really understanding those aspects of ourselves that have been forgotten or haven't gotten enough attention from our own selves and are, and, and are needing that, that love, that nourishment, that kindness that can only come in a very honest and vulnerable way from, from right here, from inside. So Tara, just now you were saying how you had this uh, moment where you were with yourself just crying, sobbing, and really realizing where you were finding yourself at. And um, I don't know, for me, that sounds like a catalyst moment where sometimes we take the time to slow down and, and stop. Like we can actually stop the world and stop the time and and find a place within ourselves where time is non-existent and we can sit, we can cry, we can laugh, we can feel. And when we allow ourselves to feel is where we can actually flip the script of our story. Mm. Right? Yeah, yeah. So um, what happened after you had this moment with yourself? Oh, there was many more moments. Since <laughs> <laughs> then, um, yeah, I mean, for then, then it just, I came home and I just made endless effort to continue to pull back the layers of um, I guess I, I want to use, I'm trying to find symbolism here. It's that I'm not the words aren't coming to me, but I could, all the layers of the costumes and expectations and shoulds and all of this stuff, that's like starting to pull back those layers. And I just have to confess that I don't know that that process ever stops while we are alive because, because we live in a world, especially, you know, living in larger cities and living in a time where technology and information is just so loud. It's very easy to, to continue to be confused of, is this mine or is this the collective? Is this mine or is this my family? Um, and that to me is this dance that we, are, we get to experience for the rest of our lives. And I think that that's where food becomes a beautiful opportunity because it's that symbol that if we, we know we're using it um, to fill a void, then we know, oh, 
like something within me is speaking because I'm using this behavior and I know that typically I do that because something within me is unrest Mm -hmm. um, or unseen or unheard or whatever it is. And so um, to me that, that like constantly pulling back the layers is life like that. It's a journey that's never ending for us. Yeah. Um, so before the show, Tara and I were just, you know, chatting about our lives where we find ourselves, you know, today before the show, before having this interesting conversation. And I was, and I share with you that, uh, you know, it's been pretty hectic for me lately. Uh, you know, with my bakery, it's very demanding. I am in the middle or in the midst of a transition, uh, a very big transition. So, I do have a lot of weight and responsibilities and demands that I have to fulfill. Uh, and yesterday, to be honest, I spent the whole entire day, if it wasn't in a meeting or on the phone with someone or on a Zoom call or meeting, I uh, was rushing from one place to the other. I even had to take my lunch while I had a Zoom meeting, right? And at the end of the like at night, I was just exhausted. I was like, my, my head hurt just because I felt this like heavy, warm cloth of, you know, of of, of stuff that I, I I didn't want to deal with. You know, I didn't need this this heaviness of of being. I I wanted to feel light. I wanted to fall asleep, and I was so tired also that even falling asleep was something to do for myself, right? So you know, and it's very like you say, it's very easy to fall into this pattern when we have so many demands. But I think that these are the moments that are pushing us to find the balance between, you know, wearing that hat of the entrepreneur and go and make it happen. And also wearing the hat of being yourself, right? Wearing the hat of being responsible for yourself and then having a time to just do nothing. So this morning I went swimming in the ocean. Uh, I took my time to just relax, to ground myself. Then I took a shower and And I was thinking that, you know, we can forget about these things because nobody's expecting me to swim or nobody is expecting Mm. me to, you know, relax and meditate. So these are things that nobody, not even I am expecting me to do that. But those are gifts that is being kind to myself, right? So that changes the script a little bit. And so if I can practice more kindness with myself, I am able to sit here with you and have a conversation and and be present with you and not being rushed that I need to leave when this is over. So it's it's finding the balance and and find and dancing as you said from one scenario and the other and being able to to mold yourself into just or you know better put is being to experience yourself and enjoying yourself through these different uh, realities that we portray in our lives, right? And so what happens is that sometimes we forget how to be kind to ourselves, and so life becomes just a bunch of schedules and routines of doing, 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 showing up, showing up, showing up, completing, 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 executing, executing, executing. <laughs> that you completely forget about your inner world, and then suddenly your body's gonna say, "Damn, I didn't eat anything the whole entire world. Let me just, you know, get to my house at 10 p.m. and just wipe my whole fridge in one entire sit down, and then go to sleep and whatever. I deal with myself tomorrow." Right. So we forget about ourselves because 
nobody's going to be there telling us you got to be kind to yourself. Nobody's going to remind you of that. And I think... Unless you're lucky and you have a friend that tells you that. (laughs) (laughs) No, look, we can have friends, but we know how stubborn our souls are, our ego, how stubborn our ego is. And if that idea does not come from within, Mm. eh, it does not have that much weight, (laughs) you know? But is that ability, and I think healing comes when we have time to be kind with ourselves. It's that moment when we realize that we need to be loved. We need to provide ourselves with moments of love, of nourishment, of kindness, of slowing down, of sitting down, of, of reading, of doing breathing exercises of meditation or maybe sleeping a little bit more. Being kind uh, with yourself, which is like extreme uh, contrast to kind of like forcing control or being a perfectionist, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or uh, feeling that or fulfilling somebody else's expect- expectations of life, right? So I think, you know, bench eating and overeating, which I said, they're a little bit different and the way that I see them in a different way or the way that I explain them, uh, the nuances of one and the other is that overeating is this uh, kind of like, distorted perspective of the body that is seeking wholeness and bench eating. It's more of like a reflection of living in anxiety that we need to ha- that we need, or we, we show up to life with such a, an a excessively amount of speed that we need to finish everything whatsoever because we think that we are running out of time. Right. Mm-hmm. So anxiety drives one bench eating, whether this completely misunderstanding of ourselves uh, drives overeating into finding wholeness in the outside instead of finding wholeness within. And then, you know, all, I mean, food issues, eating disorders, expressions of the emotional body, they all, they all kind of like intertwine with one and the other. And, you know, they don't have like clinical labels to them because they're just expressions of the soul really. And I think that everyone has a food issue because a food issue is just like a mosquito bite where your your skin swells. You cannot control how the body expresses itself, right? Mm. And so when the body speaks, it speaks louder and very, well, maybe not very clear, (laughs) or maybe we don't have, maybe we don't want to understand what the body is saying, but the body speaks loud and it speaks in the way that we are going to pay attention. And it kind of like goes there where, you know, we find ourselves being a little bit more sensitive to certain subjects, you know, and a woman's body is one of the most sensitive subjects there is for, you know, a woman. I mean, our bodies are a direct expression of who we are uh, at every different level. Our bodies are um, a tool for expression. So, you know, the reason why we women uh, on a kind of like higher level that men suffer of these issues or have these confrontations with food is because our bodies matter to us a lot. Our bodies allow us to have this human experience and the way we sing, the way we dance, the way we move, the way that we interact with with others, the way that we mother, right? The way that we mother, it's imperative for our existence. And so, uh, I mean, I just think that that necessity or that lack of connecting with our emotional selves and allowing ourselves to cry is what take us into this path of punishing, sabotaging, destroying, and hurting ourselves because we just don't know how to 
be kind to ourselves. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Right. <sighs> that was uh <laughs> <laughs> that was a beautifully well-winded yes yeah. <laughs> the Miami breeze brought that in <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know we, we spoke also earlier maybe a couple months ago or earlier this season I was going to say uh, about this online course that you are creating so and obviously, I know that this is based on, on, you know, your learnings and experiences of your own journey and, and how this spiritual aspect landed very strongly or lands very strongly in those that transform, right? Mm -hmm. So why don't you share with us a little bit of your uh, idea or uh, purpose with this online course? Yeah, thank you. Uh, the name of the course is going to be called The Untethered Woman. No, that's not true. It's, it's maybe it is. No, it's, maybe it's just called Untethered. I don't know. I don't know why. Maybe apparently I don't know the answer to this question yet. I think <laughs> I know the answer to this question. Maybe I'm still working on it. Um, what I do know is that it's a long program. So it's seven months long, and I believe that we, for the women who have struggled with disordered eating patterns, it's not something that happened overnight. Most likely it isn't something that you've only been struggling with for weeks or months. So um, I just really believe that we need time. And that seven month period is the opportunity to really come back to self. And you get to do that in the presence of other women, which I think is for me personally, was it very integral part of my personal healing? Bless you. <laughs> um, because we, once again, it go, it's going back to, like, I'm thinking of that teenage part of myself that really wanted to be seen and heard and know that she belongs and that she matters. And so to have a community of women where you get to see yourself in somebody else is really powerful because I think that sometimes we personally struggle so much with our own shame and hatred, but it's very easy to look at another being and to, to look at them with love and compassion and forgiveness. So we get to learn from other people and those people are teaching us whether or not we know it to have that mirror in front of us is exceptionally powerful. And so that is why I want to do a group, a group program. And so within that program, we look at um, just hopefully as many little nooks and crannies of who we are and why we do what we do and what it takes to embark upon changing our lives. Um, so there's like scientific perspectives, there's like more spiritual, like a little bit more woo woo and ethereal perspectives. Um, yeah, that's my very, very vague blanketed explanation. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, a couple of things that uh, came up um, while you were talking and is that, you know, I mean, food issues, it is a very complex subject because it's not just about what's happening within yourself. You know, sometimes it has to do also, like you mentioned before, with our relationships and our relationship with our parents have a lot to do with how we decide or choose to see ourselves and how we treat ourselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, and this is not something that is, 
spoken enough or that is out there openly uh, for people to just say or have a conversation about this, you know, I, I think they're very sensitive aspects of who we are when it comes to speaking about our parents and that a community is needed and, and platforms like this where people can express them themselves freely and see that they're not the only ones suffering or going through this is very important. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's another aspect of, of the healing journey to know that this is not just happening to you or at least if you were this very yeah. special person and then suddenly, you know, a thunder came <laughs> onto you and gave you this weird issue or whatever mm -hmm. it is. No, it's actually, you know, in a sense, sometimes, you know, you, you spoke about this also. Sometimes you don't know if it's yours or if it is of the collective, but, you know, to be honest, the collective and the individual are very tightly connected. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the collective is, expresses itself through an individual perspective. So it, it is confusing in a way, you know, but yet the answer is the same one. To heal the collective, you have to heal yourself first. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Right. So relationship with parents are definitely have a lot to do with our food patterns, with our body image, with how we accept ourselves uh, because again, uh, you know, and this is just drawing a metaphor or a parallel when we say food is a symbol of love, you know, our parents symbolize also where we come from. And so, you know, that has a weight in our existential ability to understand who we are. And, you know, growing up, uh, you know, and this is just a natural process of being human we want to like unravel ourselves and then put ourselves back together. <laughs> and then in that process, there is like rejection of everything. And then there is like, oh, wait, now I can understand it better. Come back to me. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's a natural process of being human, you know, not understanding yourself is, is nothing wrong with that. But there has to be some sort of curiosity into into wanting to go there and not feeling shame, you know, and, and definitely shame and guilt are aspects of our Western culture that are so embedded in our cells and brain and, and you know, skin that it stopped, stopped us from really going out in the world and saying, hey, this is what I'm going through. And today I cry for 24 hours and I know that's, that's what I did today or whatever it is, you know. Uh, there is no... You know, when we talk about diet, there is no one diet fits all. There is no one way fits all when it comes to how you heal. Because yeah. at the end of the day, like we have different backgrounds. We, we are this, you know, uh, individuals with a very specific story. And so the way we heal is just us honoring ourselves, having that responsibility of understanding, of being kind to us and, and recognizing that, yeah, I heal this way and I'm okay with it, you know? Yeah, so uh, yes, there's a lot of shame, of hatred. There is a lot of um, kind of like a distorted notion of how to see and accept ourselves, especially when we look ourselves in the mirror and uh, funny enough, that has to do with how we relate to the world, how we relate to our loved ones. 
uh, romantic relationships have a lot to do with how we see ourselves. And who, I don't know which one comes first, right? It's like the egg and the chicken. <laughs> like, totally, do, I attract, <laughs> do I attract that people because I am like this or I'm like this because I attract that type of people? <laughs> uh, but, but it's interesting. And I think that just to summarize or to conclude our conversation, you know, when I would just like, I don't know, I will, I will uh, ask the question again, is life simple or complicated? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because it seems that it's so simple talking about these concepts and understanding, hey, my friend, you are all you need, all you need, all you need. But yet, can we freaking understand that oh, okay, I don't need any anything from the outside to heal myself, that I actually have everything within here. But the journey is not that simple. Right? No. <laughs> no. Like I said, it's not a smooth, flat, flat paved path. Like it is bushwhacking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, I got I got the visual of that when you said it. I'm like, oh, let me just picture myself going down a mountain. <laughs> but you know what? I enjoy it. Uh, I totally embrace life for what it is. I fucking love it. Uh, with it, ups and downs and dark places. And you know, not so long ago, I also had a day which I cried 24 hours. Mm. <clears throat> uh, and then the next day, it's like, oh. Oh, that happened. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and you move on. So with healing also comes the ability to heal faster the next time that something comes, because it's not that when you heal, you are, you are like disease proof, (laughs) right? But you build this strength, right? You build Mm -hmm. your immune system, you build your emotional immune system that the next time you're going to deal with with some sort of situation that is like nerve wracking you have some sort of like back or 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 support emotional support within you that knows how to deal with the situations and if you don't maybe you go through it and you fall but you will get up and feel good about yourself yourself instead of like you know uh being tough on yourself or thinking that there's another option so you know you, you learn through these journeys yeah, I just want to say one thing really quick, if you don't mind. Please. Um, I was so I was just in the desert for a few weeks, and I had this imagery of, because I think on this healing journey, sometimes we feel like we should always be moving, 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 which goes back to that cultural expectation that we're checking the boxes and pr- like being productive. But like just the idea of even standing still, and um we are still always moving even when we're still. We're still always growing and shifting and changing within stillness. And so to me, that's an invitation to not be afraid to stop because we're always going to be moving forward. Yes. And I think that's uh, a very beautiful thought and um, advice to share that sometimes when you don't know what to do, just stop. Just stop because more doing of what you're already been doing that is not working out is the definition of insanity. Mm-hmm. So why don't we try something different and let's stop and sit with ourselves for, for a second. Tara, I want to thank you for being with me today. It was lovely to have this conversation and to hear your story. Thank you for being so vulnerable and open and honest. And I would love to give you a hug right now. I miss you very much. And I love to have you in my life. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. And the conversation went too quickly. 
I know. Please tell me how we can find more about your uh, future plans with your course and so on. Oh, um, probably a website is one, so soulfulmed.com. And then I'm on Instagram sometimes. <laughs> my handle, same thing, Soulful Medicine is right. my, my business. So thank Send you again. My pressure. Send you a big kiss. Mm, same to you, darling. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning into Nourishing the Feminine Soul. Be sure to join Pamela Wasabi for another edition of the program next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Until our next show, have a beautiful week. Thank you.